Hello and welcome to episode 110 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. On today's show, we got a lot of things to talk about because the media and social media is still doing what they do. And I think it's important for everybody to get some details on that just to understand why you should be avoiding both the mainstream media and the social media if you're looking for actual factual information. I know something hard to find in this information age, but we have to start today with a very, very heartfelt thank you to every veteran out there. This is Veterans Day in the United States of America, and just want to say thank you for your service and for your courage to everybody that has served in the United States military, doing the things that need to be done in order to secure our republic. We don't have a democracy. I see a lot of people saying that. Hey, thanks for protecting our, our democracy. We don't have a democracy. We have a republic which is an important detail to once again harp on because the republic is the reason we have the electoral college and things put into place to make sure well at least to do the very best to make sure that the will of the people is actually followed none of that could be done without the men and women of the united states military none of us blowhards who go on and start speaking and saying what we want to say. None of that would be possible. Freedom wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for the men and women of the military. So again, thank you for your service. Thank you for your courage. It is very much appreciated. So here we are now, a full week after the United States presidential election. And no matter what Joe Biden wants to tell you, we don't have a president-elect yet. There is plenty of misinformation going on in the usual places, and sometimes the misinformation is actually reality, but we're going to get to that. The Twitter misinformation, we can start with Twitter because that is the cesspool of the Internet. There's no question about it. They are uh, tagging Trump posts at a rate unseen. I think they did like eight within the last 24 hours. Of course, the shadow banning is strong. And the usual Twitter shenanigans are strong. And not only is Twitter saying pretty much anything Trump or anybody related to him says is misinformation, but Twitter, as we've talked about before, likes to throw up their lead stories, the stuff they think everybody should be really impressed with, everybody should be really worried with. I mean, I'm sure there's an algo, maybe different people get different things, but the top story I was getting on the bird site was quote thousands of dead people did not cast votes in michigan or pennsylvania cnn and factcheck.org report and my response to this one is pretty simple of course dead people didn't cast any votes in michigan or pennsylvania they're dead they can't do anything they're dead they can't cast a vote they don't even wake up in the morning they can't have breakfast they can't take their morning constitutional they can't have a cup of coffee they're dead Of course, they didn't do anything. The story, Twitter, and words mean things, is that the allegations that there are thousands of dead people showing up in the voter rolls, which means real alive people 
used their names, used their identity in order to cast those votes. But see, words mean things, people. And this is where you have to be very, very careful because that story is 100% actually factual. When Twitter says thousands of dead people did not cast votes because they can't, they're dead. But the reality of the story is it's not about dead people voting. It's about live people using the identities of dead people. Words matter. And either CNN, factcheck.org, all these people are illiterate or they're like, hey, we can say this and people are so stupid. They don't know that words have different meanings. So they'll just see this and go, okay, okay, we believe you, Twitter. But uh, I don't. I don't believe Twitter because I've watched this long enough to know that Twitter is pretty much most of the time completely full of crap. And if it's a story that is beneficial to Donald Trump, it will be misinformation. If the story is beneficial to Trump's enemies, well, then, of course, it's real. Of course, then it's accurate because Twitter is also allowing all of these stories and every news outlet is doing this, including Fox News, which is no longer the Fox News that I grew up on. All of these stories that refer to Joe Biden as the president elect, and he is not yet the president elect. So Jack over at Twitter, I like to call him Jack off. I know that's mean, but Jack, all of the stories that say president elect are technically misinformation because he's not president elect, but I haven't seen any of those stories flagged as misinformation, even though they are easy to verify that that's misinformation because the president elect only exists once the electoral college votes and they have not. Not only has the Electoral College not yet voted, but there are a lot of states where the election process is still going on, including places like Nevada, Arizona, Pennsylvania. I mean, we just want to kind of jump the gun here a little bit, don't we? I don't understand why. I thought we wanted to have all votes counted. Joe Biden told us all votes have to be counted. But uh, no, the news media has jumped the gun. They've proclaimed Joe Biden the president. Joe's now out there standing in front of these big signs, you know, the whole background with office of the president elect. Well, there is no office of the president elect, you moron. You have a transition team, but there's no office of the president elect. You are the president elect once the electoral college votes for you. But it's not until January 20th when you are actually sworn in that you have any office until then you're just the guy that was elected waiting for the job to begin there is no office of the president-elect hate to break that to you and the uh, biden folks have admitted that they're talking to foreign leaders and can anybody say violation of the logan act i mean i can i just did but can you say it it's, it's it feels good to say that violation of the logan act i mean you remember that was one of the things that was on the list. I mean, it was a long list. I can understand where you might forget some of the things that were on it. But there was a long list of things they accused President Donald Trump of doing. That was one of them. And now they're doing it and they're admitting to doing it. And they're too stupid to know they're doing it because I don't know why they know the media has their back. Joe Biden is already lying from, well, he's let's say let's give him the benefit of the doubt. He's not lying. He may not even know where he is anymore. He may not even know that he is 
uh, had run for office and that maybe the media said he was elected. It's like Joe is playing make believe. But Joe Biden, if we go to debate number one, there was a lot of worry about exactly what's happening now. We remember the mainstream media and everybody on the left was like, oh, my God, Donald Trump's not going to leave office. Oh, my God, he, he's going to it's going to be he's going to turn into a dictator. So the uh, the moderator of debate number one, Chris Wallace, asked Trump and then he asked Biden a pretty simple question. Now, here's the question with Biden's answer. Vice President Biden, final question for you. Will you urge your supporters to stay calm while the vote is counted? And will you pledge not to declare victory until the election is independently certified? Yes. And here's the deal. We count the ballots, as you pointed out. Some of these ballots in some states can't even be opened until Election Day. And if there's thousands of ballots, it's going to take time to do it. And by the way, our military, they've been voting by ballots for since the end of the Civil War, in effect. And that's, and that's what's happen, going to happen. Why was it not? Why is it for them somehow not fraudulent? It's the same process. It's honest. No one has established at all that there is fraud related to mail-in ballots. That's interesting, isn't it? I mean, Joe Biden doesn't think that the military was voting until the Civil War. I mean, I don't know what they were doing before the Civil War. Joe, I mean, the country existed before the Civil War. You understand, Joe, there was the revolution. I know we're not teaching history anymore, but Joe Biden is old enough that he should know the history. And he's kind of stammering a little bit around there about this whole concept of mail-in balloting and that there's no proof whatsoever, even though we'll get to the fact that there seems to be a lot of proof that some shenanigans were going on. But the question was a very simple one from Chris Wallace, which was, Joe, do you verify right here for all of us that you will not claim victory until the election has been independently certified, the results? And Joe Biden said, yes. Has the election been uh, verified yet? No, no. Let's see. Uh, has Joe claimed victory? Yes. So, Joe, what the hell, man? Give me the whole load. Why are you lying to me, buddy? You scumbag. I mean, I don't think Joe remembered what he said, to be fair. I think Joe has dementia or something going on where he doesn't know where he is. So, I mean, I don't know if I can hold that against him, but Joe verified to all of us. This is what we're going to get for four years, folks. If you think Joe Biden was honest about anything he said or anything he's going to do, you got another thing coming because the guy is out of his mind or he's a compulsive liar. Either way, we're going to have fun if Joe Biden is actually made the president of the United States. And there are still many questions left to be answered until we get to that point. The mainstream media wants you to think this is over. It is not as of yet. CNN's headline today, speaking of compulsive liars, Alarm grows over Trump actions akin to a dictatorship. I mean, can you really throw more of this out than CNN does? It's constant, constant, and it's all a bunch of crap. When the system is allowed to do its thing, then put those headlines out there if Trump's not leaving. Any of us that are old enough to remember back the uh, Al Gore election? with george bush the younger well it took al until uh, i think it was december 15th in order to finally concede and here we are in the uh, second week of november 
So that was another month later. I went back and looked at the Wayback Machine, which is a website available over at archive.org, which will show you things like what websites were saying back on certain days. And they do go back to the Al Gore debacle of the hanging chads in Florida. But no, there was no, oh my God, Al Gore is embarrassing everybody. Oh my God, why doesn't he just give up? No, when it came to Al Gore, it was okay. The system was just working itself out. So uh, this is no change in CNN's MO on how they report the news. And that's in air quotes because the news is not really anything factual. As we'll see in a minute, the New York Times knows this and admits this. Uh, Fox News, they're really no different. Neil Cavuto cut away from Trump spokesperson Kaylee McEnany when she was discussing voter fraud. And that was just funny to watch, too. I mean, Neil Cavuto, I mean, you used to be a decent guy on the uh, on the air. Not any longer. These people that are like, well, she's saying stuff about voter fraud. Oh, we have to cut away. Oh, we have to cut away. Uh, There's no proof of anything she's saying. And uh, 45 seconds later, she gives examples of exactly what they're looking at. But Fox News had already cut away. Why is the news media so afraid? If their viewpoint on this is there is no voter fraud whatsoever. Why are they so afraid to talk about any of the stuff going on? If you're hiding something, I mean, that means there is some fire here. If you're hiding something and you're that afraid that anybody's going to uncover it, then uh, that's when you push as hard as these news organizations. Again, in air quotes, because they're not really news organizations. That's the only reason you cut away from a presidential spokesperson talking about voter fraud when you are allegedly a news organization i mean wouldn't you want to get to the bottom of that no i guess not but that comes down to the story of the new york times writer who was attacking facebook for you know allowing such dangerous stories to be talked about such dangerous stories to be linked from the face bag platform which i mean i'm no fan of facebook but in this case The writer from the New York Times quotes, uh, here's a quote from his tweet. Facebook is absolutely teeming with right wing misinformation right now. These are all among the 10 most engaged URLs on the platform over the last 24 hours. And then the uh, links that he's talking about, the URLs that he's talking about to the stories. One, uh, the Daily Wire Republican in Michigan goes from loser to winner after technical glitch fixed officials urge confidence in system that was the first headline number two breitbart news attorney general william barr authorizes the department of justice to look into voting irregularities the third of the four stories is from bongino.com michigan legislature holds rare emergency session to investigate election irregularities and the fourth story that he linked to Again, from Breitbart News, Purdue Luffler call on Georgia Secretary of State to resign after the election. So, again, this is a New York Times writer that said Facebook is teeming with right wing misinformation. And these are all among the 10 most engaged links on the platform. And those were the four stories. Now, the reality of the situation is every one of those four stories was accurate. There was a glitch in the Michigan race 
which changed the uh, loser into a winner. The the bar did authorize the Department of Justice to look into voting irregularities. The Michigan legislature did hold a rare emergency session to investigate said irregularities. And the uh, the two folks in Georgia did call on the secretary of state to resign after the election. But of course, to the New York Times, they don't want you to see any of those stories. And it's not because they're not accurate. It's not because they're not truthful. It's not because people were actually doing. Well, it is because people were actually doing journalism and they're afraid of the truth. They're afraid you're going to hear the truth and their plot is going to be uncovered because this guy from the New York Times, Kevin Roos, R-O-O-S-E, came out and basically admitted that a little bit later on Twitter, quote, for the conservatives who are mad about this, yes, it is possible for a story to be factually accurate and for it to be part of a misinformation campaign aimed at undermining confidence in an election. I want you to think about that for a minute. Here is a writer for the New York Times, one of the most history papers in the United States, saying that, yes, it's possible for a story to be factually accurate and for it to be part of a misinformation campaign. So he's saying, yes, you can use truth and facts as part of a misinformation campaign. I don't know, buddy. I think you're misunderstanding that words mean things again. And misinformation would be lies. Misinformation would be things that are not true. Saying that you can use actual facts that are verified and the truth in a misinformation campaign. Oh my God, this is 1984. This is the absolute insanity. Up is down, down is up. This is just unbelievable. That this kind of stuff is being spewed out to the American public and the people are buying it. It's unbelievable. I'm sorry. If something is true and something is factual, then no, it can't be part of a misinformation campaign. It's the actual truth. And then we had a whistleblower in Pennsylvania that worked for the post office and they're afraid of this guy. Oh my God, this story is going to be a fun one to watch. And I hope this guy's safety is well in hand because he's going to need some people backing him up here guy's name's richard hopkins came out and said that he had proof he had seen he had heard the directions from the pennsylvania postmaster to backdate ballots that came in after election day so they would still be counted well his story came out and all of a sudden everybody including the washington post who you never believe anything from the washington post ran a story that, well, no, the guy had already recounted all of these allegations, uh, so we can just, we can move on. This guy said he lied, and he's come out and said, I never recounted anything. He's working with Project Veritas, who has blown the whistle on a few things in the past, and he's saying that, no, he's never recanted his story that there was massive fraud in Erie, Pennsylvania, where he worked for the post office, where the postmaster gave specific directions to backdate ballots, again, mailed in after Election Day. This is big news. This is big stuff. And the media is hiding it on you. They don't want you to know about it. Why? Because their guy, well, I was going to say one, 
But their guy is uh, stealing an election, it appears. And if you don't believe that there are people high up in the Democratic Party that are fine with voter fraud and fine with this kind of shenanigans, as long as the ends justify the means, you don't have to go any further to look than what's currently going on in the state of Georgia, where there's some senatorial runoffs coming here. Andrew Yang, yeah, the one that ran for president in a November 6th post uh, says that uh, Democrats from out of state should, quote, get ready to head to Georgia to give Biden a unified government. There isn't much time, he says. The earliest date for absentee ballots to be mailed in or the runoff on November 18th. The registration deadline is December 7th. The in-person early voting begins December 14th. So yes, Andrew Yang is suggesting that people quickly relocate to Georgia in order to place votes and then, you know, just leave after you place the votes. I hate to break it to Mr. Yang, but that is illegal. But he's not alone. New York Times columnist Tom Friedman told CNN that he hopes, quote, everybody moves to Georgia in the next month or two, registers to vote and votes for these two Democratic senators. A local Democrat activist named Tamara Stevens posted to her Facebook page, quote, Northern Democrats come to Georgia, register to vote in time for the January 5th runoff election. These people are not honest. These people are not interested in a fair election. These people are not interested in having all of the legally cast votes counted. They want people to illegally cast votes to game the system. And that's exactly what it's looking like has happened in the presidential election. And that's exactly what these people are openly calling for in Georgia. It's disgusting. And if the people let this kind of stuff go on unchecked, then you're not going to have a republic anymore. You're not even going to have a democracy. You're going to actually have a dictatorship. The thing that CNN's so afraid of with Donald Trump is exactly what the kind of stories they're running is going to lead to as they lie to the American public again and again and again. I do applaud a Democrat down there in Georgia. He backed Donald Trump. His name's Vernon Jones, and he can see where this is going. He has a statement he put out yesterday in regards to this concept that, oh, everybody come move to Georgia and just vote on this race because we know we want Biden to have all the votes he can have when it comes to the Senate. Vernon Jones, his statement, quote, out of state liberals are planning to flood the state of Georgia in order to undermine the integrity of our election and vote in our upcoming Senate runoffs. This practice should be made illegal, and I'm calling on Governor Kemp to call a special session to make it so. Georgia, all eyes are on you right now. What are you going to do? Are you going to be part of an election rigging scheme, or are you going to stand up for truth, justice, and the American way? I want to know. And we're going to be watching you, Georgia. In other big news, a vaccine from Pfizer. Well, it's not only on the horizon, but it appears that Pfizer held back announcing this until after the presidential election. Gee, I wonder why they would do that. And of course, the usual folks, 
including Governor Cuomo of New York. They just can't believe that Donald Trump is going to be behind this vaccine distribution. They don't like it. They don't like Donald Trump being successful in any way, shape, or form. Donald Trump just told us not long before the election that the end was in sight when it comes to this COVID thing because of the fact that he said a vaccine was imminent. Everybody made fun of him. We're like, <laughs> nobody's saying that. Oh, my God, the vaccine might not be ready for years. Oh, it might late, late next year sometime. No, the vaccine's not going to be here before the end of the year. No, there's no way the vaccine will be here. Guess what? The vaccine's here, folks. I mean, I know it's hard to believe that pundits and the news media lie to you about something that would have been beneficial to Donald Trump. But hey, it seems the vaccine is here. Pfizer had just finished round three of tests of their vaccine, and they're not the only ones that are close to this point. They're the first across this particular finish line, but there's a few others that are very close. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out with different vaccines. But the Pfizer vaccine is claiming a 90% effective rate, which is way higher than anybody actually expected when it comes down to this. I still don't understand the science completely behind this because we've never been able to have a vaccine for the common cold, or maybe it was just because it wasn't worth finding a vaccine for because, I mean, a cold, you just get the sniffles and then you get better. So it's not going to have billions of dollars behind it. The concept of the flu having a vaccine, we're all very familiar with, but we were told this isn't the flu. This is a coronavirus. It's a completely different thing. And uh, so it's interesting to watch the medical community deal with this. And over on BillOReilly.com, they did a very non-scientific study of will you get the vaccine when it's available? 50% of the people said yes, 23% no, 27% said they were unsure. And uh, that seems about right, I suppose. I mean, I get why a lot of people don't trust vaccines. There's reason to question all things. But I go along with what my doctor is going to tell me. I believe him. Everybody, if you don't have a relationship that's good with your doctor, I feel bad for you. Do your own research and all of that. But I don't believe that this is some uh, governmental plan to inject you with something bad. I don't because I see that people are still getting sick from the COVID thing. There are young people who are getting quite ill from it. Are things being overblown? Sure. The numbers being overblown? Sure. But people are getting sick. And, you know, I would rather not get sick if I don't have to. So I trust my doctor. And if you don't, then do your own homework on it. But there are a lot of people that are skeptical when it comes to vaccines. But uh, this seems like a win. It kind of takes a lot of wind out of the sale of Joe Biden, who's still telling everybody he's going to have a mask mandate on day one. Well, the vaccine could be here, Joe. So a mask mandate. Probably not going to do much that's really important, except, you know, just cover up people's faces. I did think it was interesting that uh, Joe Biden, he's starting a task force on COVID-19. Very important, Joe, getting to work, having a task force on COVID-19. One of the guys that he put on this task force is named Michael Osterholm. He's a Regents Professor, McKnight Presidential Endowed Chair in Public Health and Director of the Center for Infectious Disease Research and Policy at the University of Minnesota. He was on the Joe Rogan program early on in this COVID stuff. And Joe asked him a very simple question 
about whether people should be believing in and wearing masks and gloves everywhere. And his answer was no, that they were largely useless when it came to a virus. And then he also said, because let's all remember, one of Trump's guys just a week or two ago, I think we mentioned it here on the show, said, you know, we're not going to beat this. We're not going to be able to contain this because it's a virus. Well, that's exactly what this guy said on Rogan, which was he's been saying for years that trying to stop a virus is like trying to contain the wind. I'm paraphrasing, but that was pretty much what he said. So I don't know what this guy's bringing to the table for you, Joe, or if anybody actually vets who you're bringing in. But one of the guys on Biden's panel thinks masks are useless and that trying to contain a virus is as idiotic as trying to contain the wind. So that'll be interesting to watch as well. This is why you need to pay attention. This is why we need alternative media sources. Joe Rogan is a good one when he has people in for nice long conversations because you get to move way beyond the soundbite. CNN would want to play you five seconds of something that Michael Osterholm said. It's better to go hear him talk for two or three hours and get the total gist of what he believes rather than listening to any soundbites from the mainstream media especially when you know they are just trying to get a story. They're trying to put it into your head, their narrative and everything they're telling you. Every story they're reporting comes with a bias in order for you to believe the narrative that they're pushing. They are fabricating things. They are holding things back. And what they've been trying to do for the last four years is get rid of Donald Trump. I don't know what they're going to do if Joe Biden is actually the president elect at some point and then the president because their activism kind of starts going out the window, although there's already infighting amongst the Democrats and the left and the far left. And I don't know. I still believe the Democrats are going to implode because I do believe there are still a decent amount of Democrats that haven't bought into the total far left lunacy of the AOCs and the Green New Deals and all of that. And I believe those two sides, once they have any sort of power again, will go back to the infighting and that will cause the Democratic Party to collapse in two years. It could be a red wave. I mean, who knows? Anything can happen in American politics. And uh, let's just try to make it entertaining as we go along. And I thank you for taking the time to listen to our little show here, the Random Thoughts podcast. I know there are a lot of podcasts out there. And giving us your time is definitely appreciated. Here on the Random Thoughts podcast, I do work on the value for value model that I learned from Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak of the No Agenda podcast, which is I do the shows, I put them out there, you listen, and you get to decide if you have any value that you received from the show. If you got any value at all, you pay it back through any way, shape, or form that you can. One of those ways would be financially. And you can do so by going to our website, randomthoughts.com, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com, clicking the donate button, using the QR code for Bitcoin, using the P.O. box address. If you want to send in a check or cash or whatever you want to send in, that is all very much appreciated. Got two people to thank on today's show, two guys that are on a monthly donation, and those are very much appreciated. Sir Quiston of the No Agenda Roundtable, of course. And our buddy Keith Von Dyke 
We appreciate your support of the Random Thoughts podcast. It helps pay the bandwidth bills, make sure everything sounds good, and the whole system just can keep on chugging along. It's very much appreciated. And we hope you can take part in the little value for value concept we have going here. And if you have any stories you would like us to talk about, if you have any ideas for the show, feel free to reach out to me, Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N at randomthoughts.com, or you can find me on No Agenda Social or on Twitter and all those usual places as we come up to the end of the year. Now that I was going to say the election madness is behind us, but as it's starting to wind down, maybe, I mean, this could go, I guess, another month, but as we head to the holiday season, was thinking it would be more fun maybe to have a, a guest or two here on Random Thoughts to do something a little bit different and to put it out there. I mean, if you have a podcast and you'd like me to be on your show, now would be the time to ask as we go towards the end of the year. We'll have a little bit of fun and hopefully everybody is going to have some kind of a decent holiday season. It's already looking like it's going to be a weird one with uh you know, the COVID still in the air and the lockdowns, although 56% of the people still said they're planning on traveling for Thanksgiving. So yeah, I guess we're going to have to watch that one as well. A podcaster's job is never done. With all that said, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening. 